Showtime. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Night Fright. My name is Brent Holland. I am your host tonight. Now, settle in, get comfy, put on the coffee, put on the tea, settle back for an incredible ride tonight. What you're about to hear tonight is going to seem like a script right out of a Hollywood feature film. It's going to seem impossible. Campfire stories made up of long-ago forgotten legends, perhaps even the rantings of some disturbed mind institutionalized years in the past. And now I must caution you. I have to issue this warning. If you are faint of heart, prone to nervousness, or simply alone, my advice to you right now is to turn this show off. Tonight on Night Fright, Canada's most haunted paranormal researcher, Michel Desrochers, is here. Tonight on Night Fright, the battle between good and evil continues. Tonight on Night Fright, we go into the depths of the shadows and pray, do pray for us, we come out at the other side unscathed. And one more thing before we go. Everything you are about to hear tonight is true. Strap in and hang on. Here we go. There is a time to question. There is a time for answers. There is a time to challenge. There is a time to speculate. There is a time for change. There is a time for truth. The time is now. Welcome to Night Fright, your voice in the dark for Paranormal and Conspiracy Radio. And now your host, Brent Holland. Welcome, one and all, to Night Fright. I'm your host, Brent Holland. With us, joining us live right now via Skype, Michelle Dedolche from Burlington, Canada's Most Haunted. Michelle, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Michelle, just to let folks know that are unaware of your occupation, for lack of a better way of putting it, how would you classify yourself? Um, I simply like to call myself a researcher. There are many of us out there. Um, Canada's Most Haunted is a legitimate company, and we do basically specialize in the research of the afterlife, spirit communication, uh, anything deemed paranormal or out of the ordinary and the extraordinary, I suppose. So we kind of research anything that cannot be explained. Can you give us a brief example of some of the activities you've been part of, some of the research you've been doing? Um, yeah, I mean, we our research with Castelloma in Toronto, of course, is ongoing. And basically, um, I mean, it never disappoints. We do a lot of seminars there. We do a lot of research there. Um, we never come up empty-handed. Castelloma seems to be more willing to give up its audio, not so much video. Mind you, we probably got, you know, 100-plus hours of, of video to go through. 
and uh, people don't realize that when you record this stuff, you have to review it in real time. You know, I mean, you can't really speed it up. You can, but you're going to most likely miss something. So there's no shortcuts. Same with the recordings. If you record it in real time, you've got to analyze it in real time. So there's there's so much to be had there. Um, it's a truly amazing place. Very active. And uh, that's just one of our favorite hotspots that we have in Wall You're listening to Night Fright. Your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. The time is now. And now your host, Brent Holland. Now, Ca- Castle Loma is loca- located downtown Toronto. Just for folks that are unaware of a bit of the history of it, can you just give a brief synopsis of what Castle Loma is and where it's situated? Yeah, Castle Loma is up um, at the very top of Spadina on Austin Terrace. And it's what used to be what's called the old Davenport Millionaire's Row up on Davenport Hill. And it used to belong to a gentleman named Henry Pellet, Sir Henry Pellet and his wife. And um, it was built, I mean, it took years to build this thing. It still is not 100% complete. And unfortunately, when the war, World War I came, uh, Sir Henry had to send a lot of his workers away because he brought in a lot of people from Scotland. And basically, it was sort of like, we'll see in a few months when you get back from the war, we're going to keep building my castle. And of course, it went on years. Um, the stock market, really, it's when we had the crash. You know, we ended up with uh, the recession, or rather, depression. And he lost his shirt. And he actually lost Casaloma uh, to the city of Toronto for, for back taxes. And everything was auctioned off. Because Sir Henry was knighted, he could not claim bankruptcy without losing his knighthood. So he auctioned off his belongings, and a good part of them sit in Spadina House next door. And, uh, he, you know, things that he paid, you know, thousands of dollars for. He had a pipe organ, just to give you an example, that he paid something that was like sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 back in the day. I think he ended up auctioning it off for something like $67, something really ridiculous. So, you know, he, he really lost everything for pennies on the dollar. So, of course, you know, Sir Henry is believed to be there. Um, in visitation, and we have caught him on voice recordings, and it's it's a very it's a friendly place to visit. A friendly place to visit with ghosts walking yeah. around. It's great. The spirits are sociable. The staff is is you know awesome. You feel right at home when you go there. You're paranormal. You you feel right at home. You're listening to Night Fright. Your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. The time is now. And now your host, Brent Holland. Folks, if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Michelle Desrochers, of course. She's from Canada's Most Haunted. She's responsible for the ghost tours that take place at Casa Loma in Toronto. I've taken one. I've videotaped some of the stuff you're going to be seeing tonight and some of the stuff you've already seen. It's a fantastic place to visit. You can bring the kids. There's no malevolent things going on there whatsoever. I'm your host, Brent Holland. The show is called Night Fright. This is going to be a weekly show, one hour long, of various guests from the paranormal and conspiracy realm. Night Fright, folks, just to let you know, has been a radio show for the past three years. It is syndicated through 80 stations across Canada on the radio through the University Network. And it has achieved Canada's number one show of this genre. And it is a volunteer show. There's no money being made off this show at all. Let's go back to Michelle Desrochers. Michelle, let's talk some more about Casa Loma. Now, you mentioned you caught some EVPs, some voice 
phenomena on tape. Would you have any of those right now that we could listen to, and can you describe them a little bit for our audience? Okay, absolutely. Um, well, basically, um, like I say, we do have the, the luxury of frequenting it quite often, and uh, my colleague Patrick Cross and I, who uh, we run do the Burlington Tours together as well, um, have spent a great deal of time um, because we do specialize in what we call spirit communication. So a lot of the equipment we have, and I've got some of it with me here, um, is geared towards voice recordings and different things that we can do to perhaps uh, enhance the electromagnetic field around us to assist the spirits in speaking and things of that nature. So I do have some. Now, I can, I'm going to attempt to play this through the computer, but you may. I'm not sure if you're going to lose me or not if I try this, or maybe I should just try put it on the iPhone. Um, let's see. Just play I'll it across the speaker for now, and we'll see what happens. And, okay. uh, All right. You you just let me know if you're getting it. Absolutely. I'm getting it, right? And then we'll go <laughs> from, from there. Okay. So, um, let me see what I've got here. You're listening to Night Fright, your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. The time is now. And now your host. Now, this is going to be from Castle Loma, folks. This is EVPs, which is electro, Electronic Voice Phenomena. That's what it stands for. Uh, those of you familiar with ghost hunting shows on television will be familiar with this type of phenomena, uh, where the spirits can actually manipulate a tape, if you will, and leave some kind of voice print for everybody to hear. This is from Castle Loma, Michel de Rocher from Canada's <laughs> Most Haunted. Okay. Here we go. This is the one that you actually expressed interest in that we play. Because we do play these when we do, you know, our seminars. And it's what we call the Big Bang. Now, basically with this particular recording, we just lay out tape recorders all over the place. We probably had about 15 recorders going. And... When, you, when we play the whole thing, I mean, I only put a small example just to let people know how loud this actually really was. When I played this back, it sounded like doors were slamming all over the castle. And you could hear us talking real faintly down below in the Grand Hall. But we never broke, like, we never broke our conversation. So you think had we heard this, we would have said, what was that? And it never even occurred to us because we didn't hear it till after the fact. So here it is. Oh my God! Yeah, you can. It starts off. You can hear the voice in the background, yeah. and then bam, you hear the door slam. Yeah, and, and there were several of those in sequence, and they all sounded like different octaves, like they were in different locations of the building. And everybody was accounted for. In, yes, in wow. fact, most of the people were all in the, in the stable complex. We do spend a lot of times in the tunnel because it's very active. Um, there were only three of us in the actual grand hall speaking which was Patrick, myself, and Rick, um, who is our representative at the castle, who's with us when we are, you know, filming or doing things over there. So anyway, everybody else was in the stables. So when this started going off, we were like, wow, amazing. So that one, that was kind of interesting. Now, here's one where... Um, Just let me interrupt you for a second, Michelle. Just to orientate folks, for those of you that have never been to Castle Loma, it's this huge building. It's a huge castle, virtually a castle. In the basement, there is an underground tunnel 
that goes, oh, gee whiz, I don't know, uh, several hundred yards anyways. 800 feet. 800 yeah. feet uh, directly into what's called the stables. And, of course, the 1920s, this is where all the horses and the carriages were kept. That is really creepy to walk through, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. If you're watching online, uh, you can see some of the footage I'm showing right now, which I shot in the summertime. Uh, if you're listening on the radio, folks, it is a dark tunnel. It is misty. It smells of, I won't say evil, because it's not evil, but it really, uh, it's cla- if you're claustrophobic, this will really going to Right? Yeah, There's absolutely. a heavy yeah. Okay, let's continue with some more EVPs, Michelle. Okay, well, here's one. Uh, there's a man in the tunnel. He's a little bit cranky. Um, we think he's just a little protective of his space. So on our team, nobody goes anywhere unless they have tape recorders. So two of our researchers had uh, tape recorders with them. I have got both recorders here. And basically, you hear one of our psychics saying... Can you hold it up for the camera? Oh, well, sure. You basically hear one of our psychics saying... Um, that he's a horrible person. And then you hear, and just as he comes in, you hear something say, who's that? Mm. And then he says, oh, he's a horrible person. And then he gets mimicked by who we call Mr. Happy, okay? Because we don't really know who he is, but we Mr. just like to him a little bit. So here is, okay, here we go. Did you hear the whisper that came right after? Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to Night Fright. Your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. The time is now. And now your host, Brent Holland. And you call him Mr. Happy? Oh, yeah. We've got him... I would have bolted right there. That I would, you know, the dust, the dust would be left behind. Well, here's another one of Mr. Happy where he tells you to run. And this was right after one of my researchers got grabbed by the shoulder. Um, so here's him, and he says, run. And you hear us talking. We're playing with our, what we call our ovulus. Okay, and it's talking. Did you hear the run? In I there? did. Now, did you in fact run? Because, oh, yeah, baby, I would have just, you know, hello, hello, some ghost is telling me to run. No, I- you know what? He's, <laughs> here's my favorite one of him, and I have to play this because when we took this, Patrick and I were talking, and I said, I think I'm going to set some night vision cameras up down here. And then I got this cold, um, like, I guess it's just a cold spot next to my face, and all it said was, Why? Did you hear that? Yeah. You need to hear it again? It just kind of went... Sure, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, one sec. Let me go back to it. You missed that again. Hold on. And do this again. No problem, no problem. Okay, one second. Where is it all going? I'm still having a fun time trying to get used to these crazy uh, iPod Come on, where are you? There we go. Okay. 
Did you get that one? Yes, absolutely. So all these are taken from Castle Noma in Toronto. Folks, oh, those, yeah. <laughs> you're listening to Night Fright, your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. The time is now. And now your host, Brent Holland. Folks, if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Michelle Desrochers from Canada's Most Haunted, Burlington Ghost Walks. And, of course, you can call Castle Loma. You can go online to their website, Michelle Desrochers' website as well. Uh, I'm going to put those URLs up. There is a Night Fright website, www.nightfrightshow.com. www.nightfrightshow.com. There's a wealth of information there. This show has been up and running for three years on the radio. This is our first adventure into television. There's a learning curve, as you can tell. Bear with us. We're getting it together. On top of that, there's no budget whatsoever for this show. So this is off, virtually off the seat of our pants. Now, Michelle Roche is also a demonologist. Um, she, we're going to be getting into some of those stories after if there's little ones around, you may want to send them off to bed because these get pretty serious. Um, we're talking about Casa Loma right now, which is a family event. You can go there with your family and take the, the ghost tours, and they're a, they're a lot of fun. They are a lot of fun. It's a really great family event. And Michelle and Patrick, who host them, do a fantastic job. They walk you through it. They show you all the equipment they use. They play those EVPs we've just been listening to. Uh, it's just amazing, and this whole Castle Loma thing, uh, multiple floors, multiple uh, rooms, and uh, there's even been apparitions seen uh, of um, people that used to live there, soldiers, etc., etc. It's a fabulous time. You will not regret going on a ghost tour there. www.nightfrightshow.com Once there, just click on all the links, as always. There's a link on today's show. Just click on that. That'll take you right to a website where you can sign up for these ghost tours. I want to come back to Casa Loma after, but I want to jump into demonology now. You're listening to Night Fright, your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. The time is now and now your host Brent Holland does evil exist is that a real uh, energy we have to deal with on a day in day out basis hmm, tough question demonology is um, like I don't consider myself uh, a demonologist per se uh, by any means because it's a, it's a learning process you know, never, you never stop learning. I'm more of a student of demonology. I have been for about 25 years. It's been my area of choice because um, I am not easily frightened. Maybe that's foolish, but I, I'm really not easily frightened. Uh, in fact, the world at one time had only recognized seven really real like demonologists in all the world. One being, of course, Ed Warren, um, who passed away back in August of 07. Um, he and Lorraine Warren were the ones famous for haunting in Connecticut, uh, the Amityville Horror. And, you know, Ed was really, like, top-notch, and there's a big shoes to fill. So, um, you know, I've had the pleasure of, of sitting down with Lorraine, and she's a lovely, lovely lady. Um, and I'm, I'm proud to be a student based on their teachings. And is there definitely something out there that's evil? Yeah, I mean, it's out there. It's out there. Where does it come from? I guess, I suppose it depends on your belief system, you know. Um, 
some belief systems will tell you, you know, the, the fallen angels, the demonic. Um, some will just tell you, because, I mean, some people don't believe in anything at all. You know, some will just say, oh, they're just really malevolent extraterrestrials. Or, you know, like, there's so many theories. A lot of it is in the mindset. I've been able to help a lot of people by changing the mindset. Because when people go through hard times and things start happening, of course we try to logically find what's creating it. Because even if you're not haunted, something is leading you to believe that you are. And it has to be handled very, very carefully. You know, you have to take these people's feelings like in mind. It doesn't matter what your personal belief system is. But a lot of times they lose faith. They lose hope. And it's our job to go in there and change that around, you know, Mm -hmm. change the mindset. Now, I want to ask you, if you could tell us a few of the cases that you've worked on, particularly the young lad that you went over uh, to their house, you had received a frantic phone call from a a friend of yours. Mm -hmm. Would you mind telling the folks that story? No, not at all. Um, Stand by, folks. This is, is, you know, a real personal case. Um, And... I'm very grateful that she has given me permission to discuss the case because it, I think, in turn, has helped a lot of people. Um, what people don't realize is there's a very fine line between uh, mental illness and, like, a demonic haunting. And it's one of the things we have to determine right off the bat is, you know, ha- have you been assessed? Um, you know, is there a history of mental illness? Um, you know, it's really stuff, these things really take a long time to do. And this case in particular was 11 and a half months um, of research and trying to work with her church. Because again, you know, I can't just go in there and just pick up a church and it doesn't work that way. There's a lot of research, you have to gather evidence, and it depends on the religious, you know, denomination of, of the people. And in this case, she was a Christian and he was a Muslim. So we were, there was a lot of clashing in there. As well as to the belief system, like who, which which organization, which church am I supposed to be dealing with? Um, but it started out with a little boy, who basically, in you know, was started having an imaginary friend, and a lot of parents tend to ignore things like that, not bearing in mind that children and animals see everything. And this little boy started getting very preoccupied with his imaginary friend, and basically, somehow had an invitation once it starts always starts with an invitation and you know he was asked if he could his little friend could come over and play and yes lo and behold he said yes and when he did um things started happening in the house you know doors were slamming a lot of banging around um we got phenomenal voice recordings out of that house ridiculous things like it sounded like chains were being dragged across the floor um thumping there was you know growling and just uh, just crazy things and the thing that gets me is the house was empty we set up recorders we left you know oh my god these particular recordings i'm talking about with the chains we 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 left the interior of the house we were not even there was anybody in the house when we got all this and there was probably a good half an hour of just constant just shuffling around and moving and unbelievable so realistically this little boy would get channeled as well um, I was doing a tour one night, and she called me, and she said, I can't wake him. He won't move. And he normally wakes at the drop. It's like this. He wakes up. And um, I said, well, okay. You know, it sounds like, you know, he's either in a really deep sleep or maybe something's kind of jumped in. And at this point, we were probably about 9 to 10 months in. So she wasn't too surprised by a lot of the things that were happening. 
there were actually two things there that had infested in the house. One we were able to get rid of immediately, and the one the, the one that was the biggest problem lingered on. So I said, I'll stop by after the tour and I'll have a look. And um, sure enough, when I got there, I mean, you could pick this child up and he would just flop back down. Like, I mean, it was just listless, you know. Um, So, you know, I worked with him a little bit and um, all of a sudden he opened his eyes, sat up and then he looked at me and he said, hi, Michelle, what are you doing here? And he was like four. So I just said, oh, I, I thought I would just come by and I needed a big hug. So he sat up and gave me a big hug, and then he rolled back over and went to sleep like nothing happened. Oh, my God. And he'd been in this state for about an hour. So paranormal, well, you know, considering this child just, you know, wakes up with a drop of a hat, all of a sudden, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, <laughs> this, this begs a lot of questions. You're listening to Night Fright. Your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. The time is now. And now your host, Brent Holland. Now, um, how do you discern between a demon, for example, and just a, an everyday run-of-the-mill ghost? And that sounds really funny as I say it, everyday run-of-the-mill ghost. Like they're so common now that... It's like inviting somebody over for supper. But do you believe that there are malevolent entities out there? Um, this sounds to me like it would be something that would be considered, quote-unquote, evil, if you will, because it's playing with a child. And uh, as every parent knows, don't mess with the kids. You know, no, mess with me, kids, but don't mess with the kids. Yeah, because kids don't know better, and they will make the invitation. They're vulnerable, and if they're asked, oh, can I come and play with you? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay, great. It was that easy. You know, and what I did mention is that they actually had um, a little girl come and visit. She was a friend of the family's, and she wouldn't come out from under the table, this little girl. And now she'd not been to the house in a couple of years, so she'd not been there when all of this began. And... I got a call again, and she said, you know what, Like, I, this might be something really silly, I don't know, but the little girl will not come out from under the table. She said she's really scared, um, and she described what she saw. Um, and a lot of times people don't, they just look at kids and, oh, you have wild imaginations. But the thing is, is that this little girl had just gotten there, walked in, ran under the table, hadn't had any time to communicate with anyone in the family or the other children, and she described the same thing that the little boy had described on occasion, which was just kind of like this, This, well, the little boy had, had basically said he shapeshifted. That this thing could turn into a snake. It could turn into just like a lizard or just, you know. So, you know, at first, and again, you got to put it off. Oh, it could be wild imagination. It could be. It could be real. Um, and the well, little- let's go there right now, then. You're listening to Night Fright, your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. The time is now. And now your host, Brent Holland. Uh, okay, finish the story about the little girl, but I want to ask you right after um, how you know, uh, how you discern against the difference between a wild imagination, a mental illness, uh, for example, and something that is an actual haunting possession channeling. 
But mm-hmm. let's finish up with the little girl. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, that's all right. Well, the little girl described, you know, pretty well the same thing. Only she said this thing had red eyes. It was large. Um, it was kind of scaly with a bit, of, you know, some of the hair and it had little horns and things like that. And when I got to the house, she ran up to me and literally, I mean, wrapped herself around my leg. And she said, he doesn't like you. And he ran up the stairs and she looked and I said, okay, great. You know, where is he? Right. And she says, under the bed. Um, and this little girl, I mean, she was ready to go home and the mother was like, oh my goodness, you know, I don't want her to have nightmares. Uh, so essentially what we, we did is I crawled under the bed and I, I showed her, no, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Sometimes you have to be a little unorthodox to, to work with the kids, you know, and, um, you know, pretended like I chased him around the house and wherever she told me to chase, I chase. And then he shot out the window apparently. And she went, okay, thank you. Went and sat on, on the couch and started to color. So I'm thinking, well, this was an easy night, <laughs> you know, so you do what you have to do because a lot of it is in the mindset. You're listening to Night Fright, your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. The time is now. And now your host, Brent Holland. Now, how do you discern if it is a vivid imagination? Um, I know you're very sensitive to these things, and it runs in the family. We'll get into the little bit of the history of your family in a second, but did you feel the energy? Um, do you as- access the energy somehow and make a, uh, a decision or an assumption based on your uh, precognitions, if you will? Sure. Your my spidey senses. <laughs> your <laughs> yeah. spidey senses. I into my spidey senses. And, uh, um, yeah, you know what? I, I am very blessed to have the gift of sight. And um, I do really, I try to rely on my own senses. But it's very hard because through the years I've taken more of an interest in the scientific area of things. And um, I've really started to enjoy it. When I first really started heavily into the research, um, I mean, I, I grew up being taught, always rely on your, your sixth sense, on your mind's eye. Always keep it open, and it'll never let you down, and it really never has. But I can't expect all of you to take my word for it. I mean, even then, even with technology, you know, we, we did um, a piece of footage a few years back that we had on global television, and we were basically doing a seance at a very notorious haunted location, and I mean... 90% of the people who had been there had had experiences. And we videotaped this, this thing, and the table started rocking. But it was an old, heavy, antique table. And, if, I mean, I've got one of these tables, and most people who have these old antique tables realize they sit very low, almost like they're on your, your lap, basically. Like, they're really low. And, um, you know, in the frame, there was only myself and Patrick. And this table started rocking ridiculously. And... It aired. I mean, we shared it with Global because, damn, this was an amazing thing. Well, all it takes is a couple of groups out there. Some who notoriously like to cause, you know, ruckus in, in, in the, uh, the industry. And all of a sudden, we were big frauds. We were, ne- we were never asked, did you recreate this? Did you try? Did you try to figure out something scientific? We were never asked, but we were labeled. So even scientifically, <laughs> you can't get it right. Because had we had been asked, they would have realized... Yes, we recreated this, and we tried this many, many times. Oh, and by the way, there were other people in the room. Oh, and by the way, there were other people at the table. You just didn't see them in the frame. So right off the bat, if you're not careful, you're labeled as fraud. 
And these are some of the same organizations that try to become non-for-profit because they just do so much darn good in the world, you know. But with that, I learned at that point, you know, I can't pe- expect people to just take me on my word. Heck, I can't even obviously get them to see it in black and white because if it looks like, like when the table went down, it kind of dragged Patrick with it. And this is a very heavy table. It took four people to lift it. Nope, he moved it with his legs. Well, all right, whatever. You know, you have your simpletons out there and you have people who are going to believe what they want or not believe. But I've gone to a great deal of expense and length now to make sure that I have some of the best equipment money can buy. Some is not even available in Canada. And a lot of this equipment helped to verify this particular haunting um, that we were dealing with, that we were just discussing. Um, And aside from obvious things such as smells, you know, uh, they're notorious. Demonic hauntings tend to be very notorious with for foul smells. You know, it was some people would tell you it smells like rotten eggs. Some will smell like garbage sewers, um, rotting flesh. I mean, I've never really sat there and smelled rotting flesh. But apparently, you know, this is some of the terms we've heard. Scratching on the walls, popping sounds, um, things of that nature. And this house had them all. So... Obviously, when we do come into that case, uh, we always ask, you know, that the homeowners or the person who is supposed to be infected be taken to a doctor, hopefully see a psychologist, you know, which she did. She, she had basically, you know, um, had him looked at. And I did another case, you know, in Georgetown, and she had been to two psychiatrists and the family were just like, they couldn't figure it out. The meds weren't working because... I was going to ask you... You're listening to Night Fright. Your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. The time is now. And now your host, Brent Holland. I wanted to ask you, what were the, when, when she went to see the psychi- uh, psychologist, what was the assessment? Did you get, were you privy to the assessment? Healthy little boy. Really? But- and yet all this was going on in the background and... Mm-hmm. But they couldn't medically find a reason. You know what I mean? Um, and that's that's was you know another case I worked on. Like I said as well, she'd been to two psychiatrists. They put her on medication. None of it would work because, well, if you're not sick, it's not gonna it's not gonna work the way you want it to work. You know. So with again, you just you work with it, you roll with it. Ultimately, with that case, uh, a friend of mine is a minister in a Christian church in um, North Carolina, and his congregation, they actually have a team of people who travel the world, and they will do, I guess, clearings, or they call them exorcisms, um, whatever you want to call them. Um, and after 11 and a half months, they came in there in two hours and cleared the house, and there's never been a problem since. Wow. What a so, story. That's what I said. I said, wow. Like, I had to hand it to these people. You know, I, I, was, I was really put back. I was like, this is pretty, like, it's incredible how... Again, is it because it, it, the faith, they believe it so much? Is it, is it because what they did made the family believe so much? Like, what is it that, that, that just made it happen? Is it God? Is it faith? Is it mindset? Is it whatever it is? You know what? Stay. www.nightfrightshow.com. www.nightfrightshow.com. I'm your host, Brand Holland. Night Fright Now, folks, if you're watching on television, is now a TV show. Once a week for an hour, we're going to be broadcasting various aspects of the paranormal and conspiracies. We're going to touch on all kinds of subjects like UFOs, uh, Mothman, uh, more ghost stories for sure, uh, demonology. 
big time on the JFK, Martin Luther King, and Bobby Kennedy assassinations. Nobody does conspiracy like Night Fright. Stand by for that. We're going to have a whole special on the John Kennedy assassination. And what you're going to learn is going to shock you. Because all those rumors you've heard about the JFK assassination, they're true. That's coming up. Also, I want to point you to the Night Fright website for another reason. The most important thing there are the archives. All those archives are there for you to download free. This is a volunteer show, folks. Uh, I don't make any money off this. It's solely produced by myself. Uh, I even compose the music. I'm a composer for television and film. There you will find contact information, nightfrightshow at gmail.com. Don't hesitate to contact me with your comments. Um, these things are out there, folks. We all know that. Most people by now have had a paranormal experience themselves, whether it be just a simple thing where you're thinking about somebody and all of a sudden that phone rings. That's outside the normal, if you will. That's paranormal. Or if you're downstairs in a basement alone and all of a sudden the hair in the back of your head stands up for an unexpected reason. Another paranormal example. www.nightfrightshow.com You're listening to Night Fright. Your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. The time is now. And now your host, Brent Holland. Michelle Desrochers is with us tonight. She operates Canada's Most Haunted with her partner Patrick Cross. And also, she operates Burlington Ghost Walks. If you ever want to go on a ghost walk tour in Burlington, she's the person to call. And all those connections, again, will be on the www.nightfrightshow.com. All those links, you just click there and they'll take you right to our website. Want to go to Toronto and take a ghost tour at Casa Loma? Highly recommended. I took one. It is a blast. And everybody there had some kind of little experience, so you will not regret doing that. Let's go back to Michelle now. Michelle, I want to ask you some more about your work. How does your family, how does your husband in particular, <laughs> deal with what you do? <laughs> He's a patient man, I'll tell you that. I'm, I'm really fortunate. I have an awesome husband, and he's he is so patient because there are just things that have happened in this house that, you know, he's, you see him, he'll scratch his head, and he's just, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, you see some of the footage. He's heard the recordings. So, you know, he started out pretty skeptical. Um, and then as things started happening, he just started easing into it. And I think one of my favorites, uh, probably one of yours, too, because I know we've talked about this a few times, but um, I had worked, um, I currently spent a couple of years researching this amazing location um, on Lake Huron, and um, this I used to get phone calls from this particular location, from the house, and, you know, I've had a lot of, of the EVPs and the phone messages validated. Uh, a friend of mine in the UK would, would spend a lot of time analyzing. And one of these incidences where the house decided to phone, um, I, I'm in the kitchen, I'm peeling potatoes, and I hear the phone ring, and my husband said, well, I'll get the phone. And he was in the other room, and he picked it up, and all I could hear was this, <laughs> just something really crazy. So I kind of waited for it, going, uh-oh, you know, what, what, what's, what's he going to do? <laughs> and he said, it's for you. <laughs> 
And I just kind of went, okay, I just have to dry my hands. I'll be writing. Just talk to it for a minute. He says, oh, so not happening. I says, absolutely not. So I'm dripping wet with potato cheese all over the place. And I run to the phone. And it was like, you know, a bit more growling. And it hung up on me. I was like, all right, whatever. But, you know, I was pretty proud of him. Like, I, I he was calm. He was, there you go. You're for you, it's your call. So I was kind of like, you know, it's just one of the poor things a poor man's had to go through. God love him. So he puts up with it. There's another wonderful story with your husband uh, when you're getting ready to go to bed. I just want folks to hear this on television that haven't heard this before. This is, folks, this is priceless. Absolutely well, priceless. It, you know what? It's the same location. I had just gotten home from Lake Huron. I'd been to this location and I built up a bit of a rapport, you know, with the spirits there. I felt really comfortable. And um, actually, we had been in bed for a while, and um, all of a sudden, I, I just, I woke up, I like, look around, and I could see this ball of light um, just kind of moving around. So, yeah, I'm not thinking too much of it at first, because I'm trying to, okay, you know, is it real? Or am I just, you know, seeing things that I just opened my eyes? But, I mean, it's moving around. And, you know, there's no lights in here to reflect, so I get up, and I'm really excited, and I'm like, and he goes, what? What's wrong? What's wrong? I'm going, oh, my God. It's an orb. Do you see it flying around? And he looks at me and goes, for Christ's sakes, Michelle. He goes, would you quit bringing your work home? <laughs> All right. You got me there. <laughs> That's a classic. But, but he was just so serious. Like, he wasn't joking. He just threw it out there and looked at me, went, rolled back over and back to bed. And I'm like, where to go? I'm still looking for it. He's come very complacent to it. You're listening to Night Fright. Your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. The time is now. And now your host, Brent Holland. Folks, Michelle Desrochers we're speaking with from Canada's Most Haunted. You can get all our contact information at one local place, the Night Fright website. I'm Brent Holland, your host, Night Fright, for Night Fright. www.nightfrightshow.com. Now, Michelle... You had mentioned earlier on at the beginning of the show that you don't scare very easily, but has there been an instance when something has really unnerved you, really taken you aback? Um, you know what? I'm, I mean, unlike anyone else, if something catches you off guard, I'm going to jump back and say, what the heck was that? You know what I mean? Then, you, then your logic sets in and you try to logically think to yourself why it's not really happening or... I'm we thinking at, of a stories in particular with your daughter the night she woke you up. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This just creeped me out, folks, let me tell you. Well, she, she woke me up at about 3 o'clock in the morning, and she's very clairaudient and clairvoyant, like she's just really in tune, but she doesn't really do anything with it. To her, it's just more of a nuisance than anything else, and... I often hear her at night like, shut up so I can get some sleep. Like she just hears them and it just, sometimes it just sounds like a lot of chattering. You know, you can't really make out what's being said. Um, But she got up to go to the bathroom, I guess, at some point. And and again, I don't know why she used our ensuite. She didn't go to the regular washroom. And I feel this little poke, you know, on my shoulder. And I'm like, what? Like, what? Is something going on? And she's like, there's a man hanging in the bathroom. And I'm like, I look over, I'm like, that's all right. You know, he's just hanging around. Just go use the other washroom. I cannot be in the bathroom with a man hanging in it. I'm like, oh, for Pete's sake, 
because, you know, there's three bathrooms in the house. Pick one. He's not going to be hanging in all of them. So here's this apparition hanging in the john. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, but, you know, sure enough, about 20 minutes later, I look again, and he's gone. So obviously he just wants attention. It's just, you know, like, you really don't, you know, you don't really... Again, you have to understand how I was raised, too, right? That Let's talk about acknowledge, that. Acknowledgement is empowerment. And showing fear gets the reaction. And, you know, so I was raised, don't do it. Always show respect. Don't show fear if possible. Some of them are going to know you're scared out of your mind regardless, but don't react. So a lot and, of times, and who taught I you this? Not the box. Who taught you this in the family? My grandfather. My grandfather did. Yes, sadly, he died when I was about 13, 14. Um, I could just imagine how much more I would have learned, um, you know, had he lived. He died of cancer at a fairly young age. Um, then I have an uncle um, who is, was his oldest son, who's very, very in tune as well. Like, he's really heightened. Um, and he kind of filled in the blanks for me a little bit there. So I always had a constant guidance, you know. And my mom, coming from this, all this being on her side of the family... Um, I always had that support. It wasn't like if I said, you know, an imaginary friend as a child, it'd be like, oh, all right, what does he look like? What does he want? Should we set a place at the table? I mean, it wasn't like a, oh, don't be ridiculous. You know, you didn't really see anything. You're just a crazy child. Like, because kids probably feel that way after a while. What do you mean I didn't see anything? You know, I'm sure in heck I did. So I raised my kids to be the same way. It's just to, to, to try not to be fearful. It's a fact of life. They're there. Do you think all children are born with that? Uh, you mentioned before that animals and children see things that we don't. And at one point, maybe around puberty or something, uh, perhaps I'm just guessing puberty, we shut the we shut those that imagination not imagination but uh, that part of our brain off, and all of a sudden we we start defining things more concretely. Yeah, you know what? It's all theory, of course, but I mean. Theory is we're born with six senses. We use our five physical senses because we have to exist and live and survive in a very physical world. And your psychic sense, which is more your telepathic sense, perhaps just kind of gets pushed to the wayside. Some people keep using it and never lose it. Others, you know, they say roughly about puberty that, you know, you can lose it. And it could be maybe because puberty is such a huge emotional toll on us, you know. I mean, you go through a huge emotional whirlwind of, of, of uh, feelings and trying to figure out why you're so emotional and your body's changing. And, you know, I mean, it could be, you know, that that is why we lose it. But, I mean, in some cases, young girls going through puberty let out so much energy they can actually create their own poltergeist activity. Really? Or people who are really stressed, you know. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, I think the Bell Witch, you know, um, in American Haunting, that movie, mm-hmm. Story of the Bell Witch, um, I think that's what it was poltergeist, and it was caused by um, one of the daughters that resided on the property. And it's the first uh, documented haunting in the United States in the 1800s. It was quite extraordinary. It's definitely a, a movie to see. Uh, really give you a little bit of insight on uh, poltergeist hauntings. On poltergeist hauntings. Are they dangerous, poltergeist hauntings? How do you know when, uh, let's say you're at home and you know that there's something amiss in your home. You've just moved into a new home. How do you know just to let it go because it's not malevolent and all of a sudden uh, you have to make a decision whether to to act to get rid of this entity or not because it's starting to do things that are kind of dangerous? Uh, How would you advise folks? 
You know what? I've actually worked with a lot of families on how to coexist with activity in the house. Um, most people, believe it or not, don't want to get rid of their spirits if they have spirits. Um, if they get malevolent, then yeah, it's highly recommended. But even then, there is no guarantee that you're going to get rid of anything. Um, I, I uh, work with a lady, very gifted um, individual. Uh, she lives out near the Ottawa area. And she does a lot of remote clearings, um, so she doesn't even have to go to a location. She could, Somehow she taps in. And um, she gives me her findings. I usually pass them on, you know, to, um, to our people that we've been, you know, who have called us into their homes. And, um, you know, like, she clears them. She has probably cleared 12 out of 13 homes for me. And the 13th just not letting go. It's just... just it's just not. And a lot of it, you know, could be in the mindset, you know, um, of the, the individual um, because there was a lot of history there. And um, this is just something about this individual that the spirit just does not want to let go of. So and there's never a guarantee. There's never a guarantee if you do clear it that they won't come back. I mean, there's a reason they're there. If, if it's because they, realize, they don't realize they're passed away and you can convince them, great. Chances are that clearing will remain. But if it's because the spirit is grounded there due to unfinished business or that he just loved that home, it's the last place he remembers being happy or whatever reason, you know, chances are, I mean, he could very easily return and it has happened. Um, oh, they so do again. come back. Ah, I, did, I didn't realize that once you've cleared a house, they could come back. You're listening to Night Fright. Your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. The time is now. And now your host, Brent Holland. What's the process in clearing a house? Uh, is there a set process, like an exorcism? You know, we always see the exorcist on television, and they follow um, uh, a dictation, not a dictation, but a, a book based on exorcism from the Catholic Church, and there's a series of prayers, and it's all very sequential. Is it kind of like the same thing when you clear a house? Is there a sequence of events you follow? Everybody has their own methods. I personally um, will not clear a house at all. Um, you know, people don't realize is these things want to go somewhere. I just don't need it coming with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> happened, okay? I got enough aggravation. I don't want something else that's here not paying any rent. So, <laughs> it's, just, it's just people don't realize you start tinkering around with these things. Well, you know, you may just extend an invitation unwillingly if you're trying to uproot this thing from its space. But um, I, I imagine everybody has their own ways. I mean, when my, my minister friend came in and did it with his group of people, she was a psychic lady and uh, born-again Christian lady um, and started speaking in tongues. When they first said, well, she speaks in tongues, I kind of went, come on, really? <laughs> like, I mean, I believe just about anything, but I've never seen it done. And when she started, it really did sound like a lot of gibberish. So I'm sitting there trying to keep a straight face, like, oh, my goodness, like, what is this all about? And whatever it is she did, and, you know, the holy water was going, and they, they came with, uh, um, you know, little cloth pieces, symbols uh, from their church, and whatever it is they did, it worked. So, you know, and when this, this friend of mine does it, she taps in. I don't know how she does it. She taps in, picks it out, picks up everything, whether it's it's land-related, whether it's a spirit, whether it's your energy. She can pick up past life things. And, you know, sometimes it's just balancing the energy within yourself. I mean, she just does amazing things. And, you know, as skeptical as I was at first, I mean, 
12 to 13, you know, 12 out of 13 houses. That's pretty impressive. That's a good track record. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned they come back. Do they ever follow a single person from house to house to house, or do they usually just gravitate towards a physical place that they may have lived in before? You know what? It's a good question. Um, I have met many people um, throughout my travels who um, I guess you would deem as haunted person who, for as long as they can remember, have had paranormal experiences. They felt like they'd been followed throughout their lifetime. Could it be as a child? Maybe they're playing with a Ouija board. Maybe they they entered into a a location somewhere where something attached itself and remained with them. You don't always know where it comes from. But these people say, no matter where I go, the thing just follows. And a lot of different, um, you know, haunted homes where people have left the house because, you know, they can't clear it or they just wanted to run away from it, have found activity at the next house. Not in every case, but in some of the cases, you know, we would get a call and say, you know what, it's happening here as well. So then we have to think, okay, and again, you have to think logical. Well, okay, is there a mental illness? It doesn't have to be demonic to be, you know, what is causing this to happen? Is there something about you? Are you a personal portal? Is there something about your energy that just attracts things? Is You know, because some people, you know, again, there's this theory where some people are believed to be, like energy portals. So, you know, it's, it's all theory. The paranormal, I mean, it, it, the chances of getting uh, a definitive proof or definitive answers, you know, it's, it's, it's just slim to none to get it definitive. It's always, that's what makes it paranormal. You know? Exa- I was about to say that, that it would be considered normal and not outside the normal sphere and yeah. therefore not definitive, defined by paranormal. You're listening to Night Fright, your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. The time is now. And now your host, Brent Holland. We're going to have to start wrapping up now, but I just want to tell folks who we've been speaking with. Folks, we've been speaking with Michelle Desrochers. She's part of Canada's Most Haunted, along with her partner, Patrick Cross. They operate Burlington Ghost Walks. Easy way to get to all this information, folks. www.nightfrightshow.com. www.nightfrightshow.com. That is a central hub, if you will, for everything about this show. This show is called Night Fright. It is now a television show as well as still a radio show broadcast through 80 stations through the University Network from coast to coast to coast, three coasts in Canada. Primarily, we get Canadian guests on. Um, For example, coming up will be Stanton Friedman. Stanton Friedman is a Canadian. He's the father of Roswell. We're going to be talking about the Roswell incident, of course, 1947. All kinds of amazing stuff coming up on this show. Now... Michelle Desrochers also operates something that you and your family can have a lot of fun with, and that's the ghost hunting tours at Castle Loma in Toronto. I have been on one, and I can attest to this. They are a blast. You will not come away without a wonderful family experience. Don't worry about things attaching to you. It's not going to happen there. All the ghosts there are there because they really love living there, and they're very friendly ghosts. As a matter of fact, as you, for those of you that have listened to the whole show, uh, she was talking about one of the ghosts they've named Mr. Happy before, so that'll tell you. <laughs> Michelle, what's next for you? 
Um, well, we have a lot of things coming up. Um, of course, we have more castle events. The next one, I think, is on, um, let me just double check here, February 20th. It's a Sunday night at the castle. Uh, the next day is family day. So, you know, they thought they would throw one in there and uh, have, have some families come out. And most likely we'll be doing them again in the March break. Uh, we have a lot of filming coming up. Uh, I mean, we, we I filmed up to like two weeks before Christmas. And uh, so there'll be more coming up. I can't give everything away. But, um, you know, there's a lot of things in the work. Um, you know, I've been invited stateside to do some things as well. And I think I'm going to venture out that way and in, in, uh, play, shall we say. Um, and I've got a lot more new equipment coming in that needs to be tested. And, um, you know, a lot of it you'll see at the castle. I always try to keep an arsenal of this stuff. So um, we like to, you know, try and, and teach people how to, how to use this stuff, how to come out and have fun. This is going to be a hobby that anybody can do. There are ways of safely doing it. The castle events is a way of getting people to safely get together to, to uh, do a little bit of ghost hunting. And we do the Burlington Ghost Walks in, in Burlington. I mean, we're going into our 10th year. And that's a place where people can come together if you're a little bit squeamish or you want to be in a safe environment. We take you to different places. People have gotten phenomenal uh, voice recordings. They've gotten amazing photographs, video. So, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can come out and uh, mingle with the spirits. With the family. There you go. You're listening to Night Fright. Your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. The time is now. And now your host, Brent Holland. And spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, it is always a true pleasure to have you on the show, and I want to thank you once again for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Folks, as I said before, Michelle Desrochers has been our guest tonight. www.nightfrightshow.com. Just click on all the information on tonight's guests. Michelle Desrochers, Canada's Most Haunted. That'll take you right to her website where you can sign up indeed for Burlington Ghost Walks or, if you want, Casaloma or both of them. I suggest trying out both of them. She's a wonderful woman. She does all this work for free, not the ghost tours. I should qualify that. Um, <laughs> But uh, all the demonology work, uh, paranormal researcher work, she does for free. And that is something that I can attest to. She's wonderful. Uh, great human being. Uh, once again, thank you so much. And I'm Brent Holland from Night Fright. Thank you all for listening. See you next time. Listening to Night Fright and your host, Brent Holland. The time is now. Your voice in the dark for paranormal and conspiracy radio. (laughs) 